1: You're listening to A Pawn Further Review presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal.
0: Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us for another episode of A Pawn Further Review brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And we are back in the Beat Laboratory here in Henderson, Nevada. It feels good to be home. Indy was great, had a wedding this past week, and I've been rolling all around this beautiful country of ours, but it feels good to be locked in back in the desert. And we got a good episode of the show today. We are feeling good, we are feeling strong, we are feeling energized by the fact that it is not 31 degrees anymore in Las Vegas. Still a little chilly for me for early March, but all the same, life is good. And we are getting ready for the next big event on the NFL calendar. Yes, I cannot believe I'm saying it. In less than a week, free agency begins. The start of the league year is here. And just like that, we are back in action. But... Before we look ahead to free agency, and I promise you we, we will do that, just a quick heads up that we are going to roll an interview. Uh, our guest this week, I should say, the interview on today's episode of the show is one that we recorded in Indy with friend of the program. You know him, you love him, especially if you've uh, spent any time in Las Vegas. Our guy Miles Simmons from PFT. Miles used to cover the silver and black. Uh, funny enough, when the team was in Oakland and Miles lived here but has since gone on to become one of the big dogs at the national level and working for Pro Football Talk. It was awesome to catch up with our guy Miles when we were in Indy, and yes, 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 we talked about the quarterbacks. Do not worry. I got you covered there. But we talked about a lot of other things, right? We talked about uh, just kind of the state of the silver and black, the importance of the next you know couple weeks, couple months for the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders, and of course, since Miles is my guy, had a little bit of fun along the way. But before we get into our conversation with Miles, before we really kind of dive into free agency and what to expect in the coming days as we gear up for March 15th, we begin as we always do with our transactions brought to you by Shift4Payments and a single transaction this week for the silver and black on march 6th earlier this week the las vegas raiders designated running back josh jacobs as a franchise player so not a huge surprise there but what does that mean well essentially it means that josh and the team have until july 15th at 4 p.m eastern time that's one o'clock pacific uh, for those of us here in the desert to come to a long-term deal or come to an agreement on a long-term deal, if ultimately they are not able to do that, Josh will still be a Raider, right? He will sign a one-year contract, and he will be back doing his thing come uh, come fall. So, like I said, not a huge surprise that Josh is, is going to roll into the franchise tag. And just in terms of like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Paperwork kind of historical sense the Raiders and and really the NFL in general teams don't like to use the franchise tag. Maybe I shouldn't say they don't like to use it, but you just don't see it very often. Uh, In fact, for the Raiders, it's been, gosh, it's been about a decade since they used the tag, and that was on safety Tyvon Branch, one of the good guys that rolled through this locker room. So like I said, something you don't see very often, but when the situation arises and it is prudent to use it for both player and for club, that's what you see. So, that was the only transaction this week Raiders put the tag on Josh Jacobs so keep an eye on that situation as we get closer to that July 15th deadline okay as I said free agency now officially less than a week away wild bizarre literally just feels like we wrapped up the season two weeks ago but again shout out to Roger Goodell for ensuring that there really is no offseason in the NFL but just a few kind of news and notes before we rock and, and hang out with our guy, Miles. The league year begins this upcoming Wednesday, so in the, less than a week from now, on March 15th at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. That's 4 p.m. for those of you on the eastern uh, in the Eastern time zone. But as we all know, the Monday, so Monday the 13th, is when we will see things really get rocking and a lot of whispers and a lot of trickles and a lot of... This guy's going here and Player X is re-signing and Player X is going to go in this spot. So really, a quick clarification, and I feel like I kind of have to do this every year. March 15th, Wednesday, is when deals can become official, right? Players can announce things. Agents can announce things. You can have all sorts of frameworks and things done Monday, Tuesday, and early into Wednesday. But again, nothing is official. Nothing can become official. Until Wednesday at 1 o'clock p.m. So I just, I, I give you guys that, that preface to say, and we see it every year, it's never official until the team announces it, right? And it's fun to kind of get lost, uh, you know, kind of lost in the emotion, the excitement of, oh, this player is coming here, and this player put the, uh, uh, you know, this emoji, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a lot of fun, right? Like I'm going to be just like you guys, right? I, I always say the first 48 hours of free agency, is the king of hashtag cryptic tweet season because you'll have guys that are free agents that are tweeting you know whether it's the uh, the smiling emoji the money bag emoji the upside down smile what does it all mean where are they going oh god and it's a lot of fun to try to dissect and, and kind of parse through that and, and ultimately find out where guys are going but my disclaimer to you just remember it ain't official until in our case It comes from at Raiders. But in terms of the Raiders, not at Raiders, our social handles, the Raiders currently, as of now, subject to change, as we record this, now have 27 unrestricted free agents. We were at 28 at the beginning of the week, but with Josh Jacobs getting the franchise tag, 28 now becomes 27. Please indulge me as I read off the list in order. Beginning with A's, right? 27 for your silver and black. Amir Abdullah, Anthony Averett, Alex Bars, Jackson Barton, Andrew Billings, Tashawn Bauer, Jayon Brown, Keelan Cole, Jermaine Illuminor, Matthias Varley, Cleve Farrell, Cronus Grisou, Duran Harmon, Mac Hollins, Jordan Jenkins, Jakob Johnson, Sydney Jones, Micah Kaiser, Harvey Lange, Foster Moreau, Brandon Parker, Kyle Pico, Denzel Perryman, Isaac Rochelle, Jared Stidham, Jerry Tillery, and Rocky Asin. Those are your 27 unrestricted free agents for the Las Vegas Raiders, and obviously some big names on there, right? I think that uh, the ones that kind of jump out when you go through the list initially, Jared Stidham. What is the team ultimately going to do with Jared Stidham? Denzel Perryman, another intriguing name on there. Brandon Parker a guy that I know sometimes uh, you know, people have, feel some type of way about him, but when healthy, a really good depth piece on an offensive line. Uh, Rakia Sin, another guy. Jermaine Illuminor, who had some quality reps for the Silver and Black over the past couple seasons. So, I mean, you look at these names, right? Jakob Johnson, Mac Collins, a guy who came in and dominated his one-year deal. Ultimately, what do Ziggler and Josh McDaniels plan on doing with him? We have no shortage of questions as of now. And yes, we will get answers to some of these questions in the coming days, but it will be very interesting to me just to see the timeline of how this works out. Again, just looking at the list, Foster Moreau, a dude that when he has gotten a chance to go out and ball and do his thing, nine times out of ten has done that. A guy that has, has really made the most of every opportunity that he's gotten, and a guy that is a very quality tight end in the NFL. Foster's a good football player. What do you do with him? What is the decision? Because when you're Dave Ziegler and you're Josh McDaniels and, and you're their respective staffs, you really have to look at at the mosaic of the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders, and you have to look at all these pieces individually, yes, but they all have to fit in the greater scheme of what Josh and Dave are trying to build. So it will be very, very, very interesting to see what happens over the next the next week or so. And just one kind of, uh, you know, one final note before we before we move on is it is important to note that unrestricted free agents that are currently under contract with the team, so in this case, the 27 guys that I just mentioned, if Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels ultimately decide to, to do that, you could announce deals with those guys prior to Wednesday uh, at 1 p.m. So hypothetically, right, I just pick a guy on the, on the, uh, on the list here, right? I'm looking at Hronis Grisu. Ultimately, if, if his representation in the Rays were able to come to a deal at some point in the next week, that is one deal that could be announced prior to the start of the league year. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, and as I said, nef- definitely no shortage of, uh, of news and notes coming our way. Uh, real quick before we get to our conversation with Miles, in addition to the 27 unrestricted free agents, the Raiders have four, count them, four restricted free agents. Those four gentlemen are Curtis Bolton, Jesper Horsted, Natane Muti, and Roderick Teemer. So it's, it's crazy where you think about it, right? You look at the roster as a, as a roster of 90, And we're 31 players right now that are due to come off the the books and be free agents in in literally less than a week. 31 and 90, that's about a third of your roster. And the Raiders are not unique in that aspect, right? That is something that is consistent across the league. We see it every year, the mass turnover and roster churn. And again, not something special to the silver and black. We see that across the board. And that, candidly, is, is one of the reasons why free agency is so fun. Why there, are so many, why there are so many moving pieces. Why we get to see so much, uh, you know, guys, new faces in new places. So it's going to be a lot of fun, right? Obviously a lot to kind of get through in the next week and change. But it's going to be a blast. I cannot wait. And you know that we're going to have you covered here at Silver and Black Productions in every way, shape, and form. So, yeah, it's going to be a blast. Uh, what was also a blast? Hanging out with our guy, Miles Simmons, as I said our buddy from Pro Football Talk. It was so good to catch up with Miles. Miles and I were talking and, and you know Miles and I are boys so we you know we text and it was crazy because prior to being in Indianapolis we had just for whatever reason the, uh, two ships passing in the night where for some of these league events he would be getting in just as I was leaving, or I would be leaving just as he was getting in. And it would be like, oh, we couldn't, we couldn't make the schedules work. And oh, I'll see you at the next one. And so it was great to see Miles in person. It was great to have our have our chat in Indianapolis. Again, Miles just one of the really good dudes in this business, a dude who's really uh, really on his P's and Q's and uh, and has had a really a really productive couple of years doing his thing for PFT. So enjoy our conversation with friend of the program,
1: Miles Simmons. Miles, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm better now that I'm talking to my friend Eddie here. Oh,
0: the synergy is, is off the charts <laughs> right now. But, you know, I obviously, I love talking to you for a variety of reasons. In yes. the spirit of full transparency, I, me and you are chums, we are pals. We are. But I think that you in particular have a really unique kind of viewpoint into everything silver and black, right? In a different world for you, in a different lifetime, you covered us. I did. Uh, For the esteemed RJ. Now, you obviously, you're at PFT. But... The biggest difference now, I think is fair to say, compared to when you were covering us to now, is the Raiders have questions at quarterback. When you, <laughs> when you, my friend, were covering us, there were no questions about what was going on under center. Now, we are in a completely different uh, position, in a completely different place. And I'm just curious, from your viewpoint, how would you kind of categorize everything the Raiders have now going on at that quarterback position? Well,
1: it's really interesting. And, you know, you kind you of try to read between the lines of what people say when they're at the Combine. So being at the McDaniels press conference yesterday and listening to him, it sounds as if they would really like to draft and develop their own quarterback. And that's good in a lot of ways because it means that you are picking the guy that you want specifically, right? And, and you know, when you inherit somebody like Derek Carr, who's been there for a while, who's had some success, it, it makes sense that you would want to see if that can work, right? But at the same time, you don't want to just completely hamstrung yourself when you are trying to get things done. It, it's just not what you want to do. And if you don't have a quarterback that you honestly and truly believe in, and you know, I don't think there's any reason to believe that McDaniels and Ziegler are not on the same page with this, then you need to move on. And I, I think that you know, obviously the contract was structured in a way that they were able to do that after one year. Now, you weren't able to get any draft compensation back, and you can probably say that's a good job by Derek Carr's agent. To make them force the issue before the new league year even begins, so that he gets that head start and he's able to meet with teams, and you know teams are even able to talk about Derek Carr openly because he's that kind of street free agent. So it, it's a new starting point for the Raiders. It's a new starting point for Derek Carr elsewhere, and you know while there are veteran quarterbacks that are on the market, it just seems like from what McDaniel's was saying they would love to be able to draft and develop their own guy so that he's not just there for you know a year, couple years, whatever it happens to be, but you know, you're, you're developing a solution that could potentially be for 10 plus years.
0: You know, and I think you talk about reading between the lines, and I think that's what all of us try to do this week in, in, in Indy is kind of ear hustle a little bit, try to put the pieces together. I heard this here and that here, what's going to stick? But, but really for me, in, he- in hearing Josh and Dave, one thing that stood out to me is, again, reading between the lines, a commitment to not reaching for someone that they don't love, yeah. And and oftentimes I understand, and I completely can relate to the sentiment as a fan. But we gotta get the guy. I don't care if we have to go up to two, if we have to go up to one. And, and it felt like it felt like Josh and Dave were very measured. Like we talked about them being aligned, very measured. Excuse me, very measured in how they wanted to get their guy at that you know at the right spot if it is ultimately in the draft.
1: Right, and you can't reach. You know, and sometimes you have to reach in certain situations, but I think what McDaniels and Ziegler have right now is security and kind of stability. I mean, Mark Davis talked about this over the course of the season. I believe in these two men and what it is that they are setting us on in terms of the course, the path, whatever you want to call it, right? So if that's the case and you've got that total trust from ownership, then you don't have to reach. You don't have to say like, well, this is a guy that we really should take a chance on because if not what happens you know if you don't really truly and honestly believe in the guy that you're gonna pick as a high quarterback you know where that pick lands unless they trade back or they trade up whatever right then you don't have to do it you can continue to build and try to get what is a team that is maybe a quarterback away, right? And then you get that quarterback in a different place.
0: You know, and I think what's really interesting too is just Seven, being at Seven, mm-hmm. to me feels very intriguing. I've, I've, I keep saying it kind of feels like a choose your own adventure a little bit because, you know, as we sit here today, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders moved up. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders moved back. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders stood exactly where they are at Seven. Like Seven is such a unique spot to be. And I think especially this year where we know that there's teams that have to go and get a quarterback, whether it is in the draft or it is you know, through free agency, there is gonna be action in that top 10. And no so doubt. I think it'll be very, very interesting to see ultimately where the Raiders do end up picking.
1: Yeah, you know, I used to work for the Rams and um, when I was covering them, and we are talking to Les Sneed before every draft, whatever, He would always be like, yeah, you know, there's a 33% chance we stay path, 33% chance we pick, and then 33% chance we move back. And it's like, okay, maybe not. And especially, you know, when it's less need, the odds are high that they're actually going to trade back. But in this case, like, I really feel like that is honestly true for the Raiders, what your point was there. I mean, it's just there is going to be movement within that top 10, right? The Chicago Bears seem like they're not taking a quarterback. They've not unequivocally said that, but that seems to be what it is. So is it going to be the Texans that move up from one to two or two to one? I should say it would then the Bears say, all right, well, we can move back again and we can get you know a quality player that we want with a high pick whether it's seven whether it's five whatever and then you know you move back again and you accumulate more picks I mean there's going to be action because of the Bears spot and their unique situation that they have Justin Fields already
0: you know and, and I want to ask you to, to go deep dive on on the you know all the quarterbacks but when you look at it it feels like there's kind of like a big three and I'll include Anthony Richardson it's like a three and a half sure a yeah. guy with a lot of buzz obviously this week in Indy but when you look at, at the Bryce Young the CJ Stroud the Will Levises of the world I mean in a very general sense what do you like about that group and what maybe if you were a general manager gives you a little bit of pause about that group too
1: you know I, I like Bryce Young's decision making and the fact that we know he can go out and execute if things are right for him and yeah if things are easier for a quarterback at Alabama than they are going to be at say I don't know Southern Miss mm-hmm. let's just throw a random school out there and As I don't you really would know raise why these Southern Miss fan yeah I that. apologize to you guys but it, it, it's it's different because of the way that Nick Saban recruits and the way that they've developed and we know that he had bill o'brien as an offensive coordinator that obviously would translate if you know he's gonna go to the silver and black because of the whole uh offensive systems being essentially the same thing so i mean there's a lot that you could like there um but with you know cj stroud i i like that i'm an ohio kid so i like that he went to ohio state i like that in the biggest game of his college career he played at his best. You know, players always talk about this. You need to be at your best when your best is required, you know, and that is exactly what C.J. Stroud did. He put them in position to win that game, right? And and if that kicker makes the kick, maybe we're not talking about Georgia as um, college football champions. So it, it's it's interesting to have that. I mean, with Levis, it's like you there's a little more inconsistency. You love the big arm, but can you be as accurate as you need to be? And I think Anthony Richardson, the – it's almost the kind of issue that you get with a Trey Lance where he hasn't played as much football as a starter than some of these other guys. And also, the consistency and the accuracy is not necessarily been there when you look at the numbers and completion percentage. But he's electric, man. But I mean, it, we use him run, like most quarterbacks can't do that.
0: And I think he also kind of, like to your point, I think he benefits immensely. You're talking about Anthony Richardson, of that kind of element of. Intrigue of yeah. mystery a little bit because you've you've seen it but right. you haven't seen it for a long extended period of time and I think because of that it gets a little harder to maybe poke holes in the game and and but you're also like but you see like to your point what he could be
1: yeah and, and there are coaches that say you know if a player does something and they put it on film and I see it then I should be able to coach him to do that consistently mm. and now different coaches have different philosophies on that but. If you are somebody who feels that way and you're like, okay, how do I get this kind of thing from Anthony Richardson consistently and I feel like I can do that, then that's kind of what makes him intriguing. But that's not something that I think is going to happen overnight. I mean, most quarterbacks don't come in. I mean, and this class doesn't have this sort of can't miss Andrew Luck. You know, Trevor Lawrence was almost just like that. This class doesn't really have that. I mean, you know, you're talking about Bryce Young, who would be the closest thing to it, I think. And you look at his body type, and it's like, okay, well, he would be an exception because he's smaller, not just in height, but also in weight. And so that's something that you have to think about. Um, but again, there there are exceptions, right? I mean, Aaron Donald went 13th overall behind number two overall pick Greg Robinson, who's no longer in the league. Right? And this is one of the greatest defensive players that this league has ever seen, but he fell that far because he's an exception. So it's about can you identify the right people who are the exceptions and make sure that they are put in the best positions to win.
0: You know, and can't leave There's an element of luck that goes into Absolutely. all of this, right? Yeah. There's an element of getting lucky, uh, of hitting on the gamble, uh, and and having that pay off huge dividends. That's the goal, anyways, down the road. But Miles, it is will not. The next couple of weeks, the next couple of months will not be short on intrigue, on twists and turns. Certainly and not. I cannot wait to talk about it the entire way. Uh, at PFT, you are dominating. Mm-hmm. What do we have to look forward to in the coming days? Well,
1: certainly as always, you can find all the league headlines and everything that is going on in the NFL there at profootballtalk.com, and we've been talking to all kinds of coaches and GMs, and we'll have more interviews with players that are going to be coming through um, up on the website. You can also visit us on the NFL on NBC YouTube page. It's also where you can find the Peter King podcast, which I co-host with NFL writer Peter King, legend in his own right. Absolutely. So, yeah, I guess that's where you can find me. Make sure you find him. Miles Simmons, Vegas legend, RJ
0: legend, friend of the program. He's the, he's the best. Uh, make sure you, you go and follow him. And Miles, thanks for hanging out with us, brother. Absolutely, Eddie, anytime. And a huge thank you to our guy, Miles, for uh, coming to hang out with us. Make sure you, you follow him on Twitter and read all of his work at PFT. Well, it is about that time to get out of here. But before we do, time to crack an ice cold, bruchacho. And this is one of the best weeks in Las Vegas right now on the sporting calendar, because it feels like every conference tournament for the NCAA basketball is currently currently kicking it right now in the desert, which means that against my better judgment, I will be getting to see my Oregon Ducks live and in person again, so today I crack a cold one for them, for Dana Altman and the boys, excuse me, Dana Altman and the boys, I should say, as they begin their journey to win the Conference of Champions, and I have a feeling they're not going to make the tournament unless they do it, crucial. Big days for the Ducks, the mighty Ducks of Oregon, and, uh, and I wish them safe passage and good luck on all of their games. And fun fact, and it's really not that fun for me, but just interesting more than anything, since I've lived in Las Vegas, and again, I talk about the beauty of Las Vegas, right? You have all these incredible sporting events that come into town. Yes, you have all the concerts and things like that too, but all these incredible sporting events are coming into town. And I've been really lucky. We're, or I've seen Oregon like, gosh, four or five times maybe since, uh, I mean, keep in mind 2020, nothing was happening so over the past two years. So that's not bad. I have never seen them win a game. Football, basketball, anything in between. Every time they come here and I, and I see them in person and my butt's in the seat, they take the L. My winning percentage is terrible. It's literally .000. So I'm hoping that this week is my week, that I can get that, uh, get that monkey off my back, and I can finally see an Oregon W. Will that happen? Only time will tell. But I believe. I'm coming, I'm coming in optimistic. you got to stay optimistic in life, and if you don't have that, no, you don't have that. You don't have a heck of a lot. But we're done. We're out of here. Uh, again, just a quick reminder, the start of the league year is this Wednesday upcoming March 15th, 1 o'clock PM? Legal tampering starts on Monday. But as I always say, just be wary and remember, it is not official until the team makes it official. We will talk to you guys in the new year. I cannot wait. It is gonna be a blast. The postseason, or not the postseason, I should say, the, uh, the the offseason continues on. And man, I have I say it all the time. You're gonna wake up. It's going to happen to me, too. I'm going to wake up and be like, oh, my God, we're going to camp in two weeks. But we have a long way to go in between now and then. But here we are just checking things off the, uh, off the bucket list. So, Freddie Pascal, our guest this week, my pal, Miles Simmons. We got Ray on the ones and twos. And everyone else at Silverman Back Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And we will see you guys next week, same time, same place, unless something very crazy were to happen, for our next episode of Upon Further Review.